All right, guys, you're very welcome along to episode 49. Yes, we're ticking on 49, nearly at the 50th episode. And I thought I'd bring back a, a guest uh, who had a lot of fun last time speaking to, uh, having known him through the comedy circuit. He's an Irish comedian, but he's from Wicklow originally, but he's really a Dublin. He's, he's, he's basically, uh, he, he's inherited Dub, really. Um, his name is Danny O'Brien. How are you doing, Danny? Shane, how are you, man? Good no, to not, see you. Not too bad. Good to see you again. Now, Danny, the last time I spoke to you, well, the last time I spoke to you, you invited me to, well, it was one of the first socially distant gigs in Dublin. Remember Wild Duck? Remember, yeah, remember that's that? right. Was that, was yeah. that the August show? Was, was it was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it wasn't uh, Deirdre Kane. It was, with, it, was uh, your, it was when you got married. Or you oh, got married. yeah. That? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nearly exactly a year ago because yeah. myself and Carl Spain just did a show on Sunday yeah. and that was technically our honeymoon yeah. because it was like a year after that, uh, that wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was that was cool because like there wasn't I don't think there was any gigs apart from you you were pushing the kind of uh, you're trying to get like yeah you know, some sort of gigs going in Dublin yeah and it's it, it's really frustrating at the moment right now because like I was in England for months and months and months and everything is open I was doing full shows no restrictions and now I'm back here and we can't even do what we were doing a year ago. Yeah. you get what I mean and it's it, <laughs> yeah. you know you, you were there Shane like yeah. it's, it's it's a big room it's mm. there was only 50 people capacity yeah. and I'm just going like you know we're all pretty much vaccinated now like how much longer can they drag this out like we're literally the last to come back like it's yeah. you know what I mean we all just want a gig again you know yeah definitely yeah because the world look it was it was it was a good gig it was fun um your family were there watching you watching you get married and the celebrant was Al Foran and he's, he's, he's a class act Al Foran um, yeah yeah so Al, Al, Al was doing the speeches more so speeches, but um, yeah, yeah it was it was, um, it was Paul Crowley the Cork comedian oh that's but it, he's, yeah. he's a legit celebrant like oh, okay, legitimate yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think me and Carl actually are married like it's like a joke that just went way too far like <laughs> it was good fun and um you know, Carl, he's such a, he's such a quick, he's such a quick man like, on, on his feet. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. hitting, hitting his notes, you know. Yeah, so that's the last time I've seen you. And then since then, we, we talked about previously, we talked about the garden gigs, but it's moved more from garden gigs to you've actually focused on comedy in schools. Talk about that. Like you, you, you got the kids yeah. involved in comedy and. <laughs> last, when was it? Probably the end of, um, it was last summer actually it was around this time we started doing workshops um, yeah. in local youth services so we were doing them down the Rings End and Irishtown Community Centre then we did some in Dublin 8 um, up in, uh, in Swicken which is another youth service and um, another one called Solace so we did them and then it was actually a teacher from Wexford contacted me and said hey would you be interested in doing a comedy workshop for transition years in school and I, it, just, it just wasn't something I thought of to be honest with you because we're busy with other stuff. Because so we went down and did it, and we did. I think we did. We did two and two. Yeah, it was over two weeks. So we did two classes twice over two weeks, and then that kind of culminated in them doing like a live show. And it was amazing, man. It was it was so transformative. Like there were, there were some kids there with like serious serious anxiety issues, and other kids like with, with learning dif- uh, disabilities and all that kind of stuff who had their SNAs with them, and to get them up on a stage talking in front of their peers and in front of their um their teachers and their principal were in the midst of a pandemic was yeah. uh, <laughs> was an incredible was incredible 
and the change in the young people's confidence like you know i'm sure you're the same but when you're like 15 16 you know if you'd have done something like that back then i think we it would be it would impact us a lot and i think it would help us a lot when it came to us doing like interviews or going for your first job or you know i think it alleviates a lot of that first time kind of anxiety and then the schools took off they you know school after school after school just got in touch and it was all word of mouth was you know we no advertising or anything like that Mm. and so yeah so from april and may we were just completely flat out and yeah. um, just with, with with schools and it was class man we were going i was like being on the road on tour again but like we were doing schools during the day instead of the theaters you know and then but yeah and we always got more out of it myself and demo than the kids do yeah. like they're so funny like and the crack and like we get them up to say what's the funniest things ever happened to you what's the most embarrassing thing and some of them like we absolutely couldn't let them say what they wanted to say obviously because like <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'd have been fired but, yeah we had a great time and uh, that's that's something we're going to be continuing now out, out of this whole kind of pandemic we are going to continue with the workshops yeah it's definitely a good idea because i know i know uh from doing even stand-up or even getting up on stage in front of strangers the confidence you get from that you know because Huge. some people are yeah some people are so shy and if you give them a mic and a stage and and and, and let them come up with some ideas they're yeah. on stage like feeling a million books because they just like they've gotten to speak to people about maybe their life or whatever and, yeah. and express themselves that they wouldn't get to do especially in school because i'd imagine from my from my when i was in school i was quite shy um uh, and I wouldn't do, I've done some of that because you'd be what you'd be kind of mindful of what people think about what you are. Yeah, and you know. especially in the the lad schools, you know, the all boys schools, a lot of kind of bravado and you know, you know, yeah. you know what it's like, particularly in Dublin. Yeah. One thing I did notice actually, there's a big difference between Dublin schools and country schools in that it's not so much a maturity thing that the country schools just seem to be they were just kind of more relaxed in general, and I I I, I think there's a lot more pressure on city kids to just be adults straight away do you know what i mean where like that kind of growing up too fast like you know you got to be the hard man you've got to be this you've got to be that and they don't really get as much time to be teenagers there seems Mm. to be more pressure in the city for young people to kind of grow up quicker do you know what i mean whereas in in the in the country they seem to be quite happy just being teenagers you know yeah well like also as well the city if you if you if you are if you live in the inner city you're kind of surrounded by adults all the time you're going into the city center you're, you're kind of yeah. yeah, whereas you're in the countryside, you're probably, you know, you're sitting with fields and, and, and the school is where you kind of meet your friends and then you go back to your home and your home could be miles away. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no, it is. I, it's very fascinating. But did you um find uh the comedian or the, 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 the kids took to the comedy so well and you're like, geez, this guy could be, you know, this guy could be next, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's some there's some natural born performers there without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. And we always say to any of them, like, um, if you did want to pursue comedy afterwards, yeah. this like tell us drop us an email we're yeah. totally open excuse me we'll help you in any way that we can to to develop your craft and we'll teach you mm. if you ever want to get into it and i have a young person he wasn't one of the schools he's i think he just did his leaving cert actually mm. um and i'm actually giving him his first ever gig on the quiet at a festival that i'm doing i'm not going to tell you which festival it is uh, okay um, but I, and he was on to me and he was messaging me yeah. and i said you know what like this kid's been wanting to do stand-up for two years he hasn't been able to obviously because there's no there's no comedy clubs and he's super keen to do it and i yeah. said you know what I'm going to, I'm going to make five minutes from, 
Right, I'm okay, okay. Find five minutes on, on a festival with you, but is he yeah. is he country boy? Is he a, a city boy? No, he's from these dope. He's a dope, okay. absolutely, and he's okay. a very a very unique fella as well. Like, All right, so okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've never actually met him, but I said myself and the comics will help him before he goes on, and we'll give yeah. him a little mini workshop, and we'll run through any jokes that he wants, and we'll we'll give him a dig out, and maybe mm. give him a few taglines, you know, help punch up his set, and yeah, um, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. I love seeing people coming through. You know, you want to help people, and like, I I wish I wish there was. A kind of workshop and stuff like I did like a writing workshop when I first started that kind of gave me a bit of a jump to start comedy but it's it's all the other stuff we tell them all the stuff that we learned the hard way um, and it's something I, I really want to do actually coming out of the pandemic when things go into a bit of normality uh, we might look at doing some stuff in the wild up where we won't run workshops for uh, newer comics that need a refresher or you know what I mean and yeah. you know because we've done so much stuff over the years and it's 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 not so much you're like we're great it's more like here's all the things that you don't do yeah. <laughs> that yeah, we yeah. have learned with that we've learned the hard like like yeah. me doing a like me doing a prison gig and i as a joke said to a whole load of prisoners in mount joy i was like oh it's great to be here any couples in and there was nearly <laughs> I, I was near i was literally nearly murdered and i was like uh, all right I was like all right no you're ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but also as well like you, 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 when you started out the comedy, uh, your, your was it comedy crunch? Sorry, comedy, comedy crunch. crunch. Sorry. Comedy yeah. crunch. So comedy crunch, you started out that, and that gave you the confidence as well because we talked about this because you're getting stage time, you're getting to engage the audience because like it's good mm. having material, but it's also good to be able to know different audiences and and say like say yeah, and you know be able to pick yeah. up like little t- uh, tidbits off different people, you know. It's all, it's all like the, the 10,000 hours is really a thing, you know? Yeah. And like, we're constantly learning. Like, I mean, I was gigging on Sunday night and I, I felt a bit ropey on stage and a little bit unsure of my material. And I'd written all this new stuff. And then the crowd were a little bit awkward initially because it's their first gig in months. And yeah. it's, you know, it's loud and they're, they were a bit pissed then as well. And you're, you're like, then you kind of go back and you're, oh, I better go do stuff I know. And you know mm. what I mean? It's, it, it always yeah. changes. Like you, you just can never plan or what way it's going to be because you just simply you never know what it's going to be like until you take that microphone yeah. and i suppose it's about teaching people the skills and giving them some tips on how to deal with it when you get to the microphone so you don't just go oh and uh like it's going to take a lot of us it's going to take us as performers uh time to readjust and get back into the flow properly yeah. I, I haven't stopped gigging really like whether it was you know virtual show or whatever but it's going to take audiences a bit of time to actually learn how to be audiences again yeah. you have to remember like people haven't been out for a long long time mm. and they haven't been interacting with each other and like people need to learn how to get on with each other and how to behave in an audience and you know even like talking during the show and all that like people kind of need to be reminded like this is this is how this is how you behave you know how did you find it adapting to because you don't the garden gig and under the umbrella of garden gigs you don't the virtual gigs how did you find that uh, the dynamic of going back because you went because you've been in the uk for a couple of months and you're back in ireland yeah. now. how did you find yeah. the dynamic between doing the virtual gigs and then jumping back on stage and then being danny in <laughs> the- person for the virtual gigs are, are were really difficult in the beginning. They were yeah. really, really difficult. And trying to figure out a format that's engaging and funny that mm. that covers every single type of demographic. I have never gigged to a broader audience than in the last year and a half. Like we we did we did shows for banks overseas, uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, childcare, and um, like procurement, uh, like I like, yeah, like yeah. you know food companies. Like I can't even like you name the company like yeah. and every every kind of race creed age mm. you could possibly imagine and 
they were really hard i'll be honest we we did get really good at them because you know we just we did them so much you're just getting better and better and you refine and then you go okay this this is the format you get the format down now there'll always be something right either they'll all leave their microphones muted even when you ask them not to or they'll turn off them or, or the zoom crashes you, you know there's always going to be that kind of thing but yeah. even though they were difficult they were they were good and they were brilliant for keeping you sharp yeah. do you know what i mean they yeah. kept you match fit like it was the that was the comedy gym for me the whole way through the pandemic of keeping you because honestly mental mentally for me i found doing one online show was the equivalent even doing one online show with demo like splitting it like half and half about 50 minutes 55 minutes that was the same brain drain for me as doing like four solo shows in a row yeah yeah, I'd say like so. I was, it, it was absolutely genuinely like I, I have a lot of energy on stage and I love it and I love gigging, but like I, I literally have to lie on the floor here, like beside me. I would lie on the floor, face down, just on the on the floor, just like mm. your brain is melted because there's so much going on and you're getting nothing back. Do you get what I mean? So you're working so hard yeah. to get anything. So it's just really, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. Because I heard like from comedians I've worked with like over in the UK and stuff like that. And I've heard corporate gigs are the hardest or some type of corporate gigs like banking bankers or business folk can be tough. So like, I wonder, did they soften up a little bit because they're at home and they're not in the office? Yeah, and stress they do. Their heads sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone needed a release during this. Like mm. everyone... And I, 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 I really like. I'm lucky. Like I don't have kids. I live on my own. Yeah. I really, really felt for the parents who were working from home during this whole pandemic, especially parents of young kids. Like, and and companies, companies are being really shitty to a lot of people during this. Like a lot of them were looking after them, but there was a lot of a lot of bullying by a lot of a lot of bad companies that were like, "You're lucky to have this job." Type attitude. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So they would they were using the pandemic to their advantage, and you know, like eight hours of screen time a day five days a week for anyone and if they have kids running around at home that's seriously mental drainage on those people you know my, my 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 mate is uh one of my, my oldest pals from school in wicklow and um, he, he's got a he's got a really really mega job with a with one of the big tech companies here in dublin mm. and he i met him and he's like i'm losing the plot like and like he has his ergonomic chair but like he can't use any of the rooms in the house because the, the kids are there and his wife yeah. is working and he said he was actually working on the landing so he was up on the landing on this like little tiny tray and yeah. he's just going like his head is melted like we're like noise cancelling headphones and you know you're walking past your kid as well yeah. your kid doesn't give a shit that you have a zoom at three <laughs> o'clock like the kid's just like why is my yeah. dad not picking me up like the kid just thinks you're a monster like for, for ignoring <laughs> it like you know what I mean? all performers we, we were all put on the pup which sucked but you know we're lucky to have got something Mm. And then other people are like, oh, well, oh, yeah, you're lucky on the pup and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you're lucky if you're on the pup, if you're earning less than 350 quid a week. If you mm. weren't, you're, you're not. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had a year's worth of work taken from me and I'm never getting that back. I'd, and like that took me 12 years to get to that stage. Yeah. Like Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand, that was just wiped. There's no pup for that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah. like, you know. So, so festivals and stuff like that was wiped away all gone man the whole lot like i literally i lost a year of my diary just went whoop gone uh, uh. and you know i was lucky to be able to keep tipping over with comedy and diversify and a lot of comics i know just have to get jobs uh, they were working at supermarkets and like fair play to them. any musician any performer anyone who did anything to get through this i think fair play to you 
And, you know, on the other side of it where they're going, oh, well, it's lucky for these people. Or, see, the UK was different. People got furloughed and that was good because you didn't really have to do anything and you got like 70% of your wage up until I think it was a maximum of two and a half grand or whatever. But okay. like for people, people would say, similarly, people go, oh, well, you're all right. At least you kept your job. Yeah. And like, no, it's not all right. Like those people now have to work at home. And they've got two young kids and it's an absolute shit show. Their life is, is mayhem. So like, that's not good either. So yeah. I, I just don't think it's good for anyone is what I'm no, trying no. to say. The only people it's good for maybe is uh, like students probably, you know, say for example, you're making, you're on a minimum wage job, right? And you got the PUP during yeah. lockdown. You're getting 350. Yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I, 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 from I, a job where you're getting paid, you, you know, you're earning higher than that and you're getting yeah 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 it's hard to live on for sure i mean and and hopefully they they saved a few quid and then and they need it man more than anyone look at the state Mm. of our country at the moment Mm -hmm. and also if you were a student like imagine there's the leaving cert last year that i felt the worst for like sorry yeah like so who would have been going into college last september and you know you've done all your leaving cert you've worked your ass off and then you've you've paid for your college Mm. And then you're paying to sit in your ma's bedroom and do Zoom lessons. Like, man, yeah. like that, you know, those poor kids, like those poor young people, I'm just going, that is, that's a tough, you know, that's tough. Well, we all know? remember our graduation, you know. What was, what was your graduation song, Danny? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so long ago, man. Like, it's probably going for 20 years now. Like, you know what I mean? Mine was uh, Good Riddance. I, you know, you know, uh, what's it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went to school at Wicklow, man. I don't think we had graduation songs. We were all just kind of put on a mini bus and sent out to like, uh, it, it was Club Life, which is where we all used to go underage anyway, which is really <laughs> funny. And, uh, it was so funny, man. It was, um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, and uh, I, I just really hope that, mm. like, like from what I can see in the UK anyway, they're, they're just, they're just months and months and months ahead of us in every single way. Yeah. And it's, it's really frustrating coming back to this going just like, you know, we're not at the races. Like you go into a pharmacy there, you get antigen tests. I did an antigen test after every single show that I did in the UK. And, um, you know, in case I saw friends or family, just, just to be extra safe. Yes. Yeah, so say, what, what, what is an antigen test? Cause I, I heard a little are, are selling antigen tests for like yeah, so five euro or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've boxed them there. Like what, yeah. Man, they sh- they should not be twenty five euro. Okay, they should be free, like they are in the UK. Right, you know, and basically you just do it yourself. So you like, yeah, I don't have tonsils. I got them removed, and I was like a kid. But where your tonsils are, you swab. You put this little liquid into a little container. Okay, yeah. a little little tube thing. Okay, you swab each tonsil for ten seconds each. Then you mm. go up the nose with the same swab to hit resistance, which is about there. And then mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. Yeah. You do that for about 10 seconds, kind of in circles. Yeah. You put it into this liquid thing. And then you use the cap to kind of rinse out, you know, to make sure you get everything off the swab into mm. it. And then you've got a little plastic thing and it has two things on it. And you put two drops onto it. And then you wait 15 minutes and it says C and T. I, I thought they could have picked better letters, but yeah. it would, if a line, it's like a pregnancy <laughs> test. But if the yeah. line, if the line just goes beside C, you don't have COVID. But okay. if it's C, if it's C and T, that means that um, you, you potentially have COVID to so go get a test. Loads of school kids figured out. And then you have, a, you have a barcode on it so you can actually scan it and register that you've done your antigen test and mm. it puts a log onto the system. It's really smart and all the school kids are doing it twice a week. It's what we should be doing. And I just think, I don't know what little weird backhander stuff is going on in the government. Like, why would you not do this? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you not? Like, why would you not want things to reopen and let the economy get back to it for the sake of antigen testing? Like, I just, 
I just I simply don't believe they're the the bullshit at the moment. But I I listen. I'm I'm hopefully the the, the vaccine uptake is amazing. Everyone's got the got the jab. Everyone's moving mm. forward. So I'm hoping that in September now we can just start getting back back to life. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the bars that opened this week. Um, some bars have actually like you know uh, in Dublin they've like made outdoor areas. Um, but yeah, and yeah. And, and like the yeah. city landscape has changed for the better, man. Mm-hmm. Like even in Limerick, in Cork, I was in Wexford at the weekend. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff that we're going to keep coming out the outside of this. For me personally, like workshops, I'll definitely keep online yeah. events. I'll definitely keep. Um, the outdoor dining thing is great. Like we needed that in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? During the summer, like why not have eight, ten, twelve tables outside, um, and have people eating outside and having the crack? Like we needed that in Ireland. Yeah. You know, we can't all be just like our windows are good weather are very far and few between and. If we can get through it with the crap Irish weather now, we should be doing it all the time. Yeah, definitely. It's, you yeah. have to adapt. I feel, especially Dublin's becoming more of a European city. I know the weather doesn't con- isn't conducive to that. But two weeks yeah. ago, it was so hot, man. It was really, I'm, you know, that was that was yeah. our summer. You know, hopefully it wasn't yeah. summer, but I'm sure it's going to get better. But that was a lovely. Well, it was probably too hot. I feel. And like <laughs> I, I know there was murder and there was a load of videos. I saw yeah. that crap. Mm. But whatever you know, it's on the, the council and the, the restaurants and the bars and the venues. Pay security, man. Have them there. Keep yeah. everyone safe. Don't yeah. be letting gangs of little shy bags run around, you know, throw, you know, throwing bottles at people and all that stuff. Just keep that, keep them under control. Get the guards doing walkabouts and, you know, it's that'll benefit everyone. Everyone makes more money. Everyone has a better time. The economy makes more money. I think it's win-win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cork do it well. I, I was down in Cork there last year, and they have like yeah. a whole area of like just outdoor dining. You know, it's one. It's like basically like a the laneways are. Yeah, yeah they were already yeah. they were already so set up for it. You know. Yeah. And uh, Wexford was class. Even Sligo. I was in Sligo on Thursday. Uh, Sligo is incredibly well set up. All um, yeah. down by the river there. It looked unbelievable. So yeah, I, I really hope that that's something that we. I think we will keep on the on the outside of this you know i think so i heard they put millions into it but again that's that's just something yeah. term me one town has town's yeah. been I, I, I walked up past the stag head the other day where i used to park that's that's gone now that street's never getting unpedestrianized again they mm-hmm. just won't you know what i mean it's and i was just like oh no no more sweet pulling up outside the comedy club after <laughs> seven o'clock free parking i'm gonna have to rethink my whole life i might even have to i might even start using the motorbike again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah indeed now you, as you said, you diversified, but you you ended up in Central America. Was that like by choice to a point? Like, was it oh. a, a, a downtime, or was it? Did you get there and then go? Oh, I'm stuck. What do I do here? That's exactly what happened. So initially, I was so burnt out from all the online gigs, and a friend yeah. of mine was over there, and he said, "Listen, I've a room here if you want to come for a couple of weeks." And it was at a time in Ireland where you could, you could travel. It was around Christmas. Okay, yeah, Stevenson's yeah. Day actually. Yeah. So I got my PCR test and I was like, listen, like, I, 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 there's not much going to be happening. I, I knew Ireland was going to go into another lockdown, right? I, mm. I, everyone, I, I was confident of that, but I genuinely thought it was going to be about two weeks, right? I didn't think it was going to be like, you know, five months or whatever. So I went to Costa Rica to see a mate of mine. I got a cheap flight, went through Frankfurt, blah, 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 went over. Yeah. And uh, it, there were still restrictions there, by the way. Like you weren't allowed to drive after 10 o'clock. And if your car had a certain reg, you weren't allowed to drive on Mondays and Wednesdays. Keep the population of movement around, you know? Okay. Um, and then I stayed there. And then literally three days later after getting there, they're like, Ireland is, is bollocks. You know, like cases have gone bananas. We're going to, that's it, lockdown. And I was like, my mate's like, I wouldn't be leaving. Like, what, what, for what? Like, so I had yeah. a good few, I had a few online shows. So I was doing them. 
And then I'd mates in Guatemala who I worked with in New York 16 years ago. Jesus. Uh, a couple of Irish lads who wow. been in touch with me. They said, listen, Danny, you see you're over in Ting. Do you want to come to Guatemala and do some gigs? And I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, why not? Like, so I got more, another PCR test. And I got yeah. the, the equivalent of like a Ryanair from Costa Rica. To, to, and it, there was a bit of hassle with that as well, you know, getting because of COVID and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, got to Guatemala and it was like, man, like in the city, like there was restrictions, but like and down at the beach and all, they're like, what, what's COVID? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. it was, and it was so weird going from like sanitizing the masks, the lads shaking hands and like, here, do you oh, want to really? smoke this here? Have a drink. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. It was a bit overwhelming. Yeah. And then, um, I made some amazing friends there. And then I did these gigs instead of like, char we charge a minimal amount, the equivalent of about five euros. Mm. And I was like, listen, like, you know, the lads looked after me, you know, with traveling and all that, like accommodation, blah, blah, blah. So we donated the money from each gig. So one gig ended up turning into six gigs all over Guatemala. Someone knew some other fella. There's like three Irish lads in Guatemala, uh, two from up north, one from Cork. And of course, they all knew each other. Uh, four, actually. There's another guy called Mickey Quinn who owns a charity over there who I met as well. Okay. And one thing just led to another. And like, I ended up doing these outdoor gigs with like local comics. I did a Spanish-speaking comedy club in Guatemala City. And there was about nine acts on and I was on at the end and I was the only English speaking act on the bill. <laughs> and I had no idea what anyone uh, was saying. I had no idea what was happening in the show. Mm. And I just went up and like their English is incredible. Like obviously far better than my Spanish. And because of Netflix and, you know, YouTube and everything, you know, yeah. even in Asia, everyone's English is pretty on the ball. So the only thing I said when I went up was like, I don't know how to speak any Spanish in Spanish. I said that at the start and I got a laugh. <laughs> and then I just spoke in English and slowed it down, obviously, and yeah. did some local stuff. Um, but then I, I'm writing my new show was actually based about the whole trip. It's called The God of All Things Bad. I heard about this kind of this Mayan deity from a pal of mine called Mashamon. And then he's also the God of All Things Bad. So if you go into a bar or a shop in Guatemala, you'll see this little puppet hanging up over the till. And my, my mate owns an Irish bar there, of course. And I said that uh, his one his one has a masham on and he has a shot of whiskey in between his legs and a fag in his mouth lit. like, And then yeah. underneath him, underneath him, he had a sign with, you're now entering free dairy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what's the story? And he told me. And anyway, so I went on a bit of a mission to go. And it was hard because of COVID, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's still awkward. Mm. But anyway, I, I managed to get like a couple of boats across a lake to meet this old Mayan woman called Dolores who brought me to see Mashamon. And I think I was the only Westerner who'd been there that year because of, you know, because of the, the pandemic and stuff yeah. like that. And it was mad, man. Like I went into this room and these, these guys called the Brotherhood mined them for a year. They mined it. He's, he's about like maybe three and a half foot tall. Maybe, okay. Yeah. And he's carved in wood and they carve a new one every year, but they have to carve them in the dark, right? Because all this mad shit. Mm. And then when you, so basically, if you do something bad in Guatemala, you talk to Jesus because they were colonized by the Spanish who then like said, you're all Catholics now, mm -hmm. Christians even. And then they let them keep this little mashamon because they're like, oh, let them have their little lethargy. Let them have their little deity. It'll keep them happy. So all the all the Guatemalan Mayans just kept worshiping mashamon. Do you get what I mean? So they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, 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 we love Jesus. But like, really, they're, they're just kept worshiping their own God. Mm. And like if you do something bad you talk to jesus but if you do something really bad or you're really in trouble yeah. you talk to mashamon yeah. and it's not like catholicism like you just go in and tell them what what's what's bothering you yeah. and or if there's something upsetting you or you know you need help with something and 
you buy them a drink and then they pour the drink they tip the statue back and they pour the drink in and all the alcohol runs through the body and it they, it collects at the end and then at the end of the day they drink it ceremonially um they all drink by the way all day every day with this they all just sit around and drink with them yeah. and there's young fellas from 17 probably younger up to like 90 and they're all hammered they're all called the brotherhood and it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Then there was a full Jesus in a coffin covered in LEDs. Oh, wow. And then there's another guy. It's, it's just, it's wild, man. It was, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it. Mm. And uh, I just really liked the idea of this, this God of all things bad. And there's no shame or guilt. It's just, you need help from someone and you, you know, that's, I like it. And that's kind of what the show, that's the kind of narrative of my new show, which will hopefully be, uh, will be, I did loads of work in progress in the UK. So I'll be touring that from January uh, next year. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah, look forward to that. And you're yeah. Like, yeah, so like Guatemala, I, I had a friend from ships in Guatemala and Guatemala from the outside would be not a country you go many Westerners no. travel to. It's a it's fair, not, uh, like, yeah. like Honduras, Guatemala. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not on every Westernized, a lot, lot more Americans and stuff living there, but Guatemala, exactly. Honduras, definitely not many Westerners yeah. going there. No, it's not on everyone's radar. And I think yeah. that's what makes it so special. And yeah, sure. uh, to, anyone, to anyone listening, if you get a chance in your lifetime, I'm going back, actually. It's one of my mate's birthdays. He's 60. And he said, listen, would you come over? And I said, yeah, actually, I am going to come back over. Like, I am. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, yeah. it, it, it's something you get to see things like you'll never see in your whole life again. And it, when you're dying on your deathbed, you think about the stuff. And it's not expensive, right? And it it is a pain in the arse to get there. It's a long flight. You know what I mean? Mm. You got to go from, you know, whatever. If you're going from the UK, you go from the UK to Mexico. Or if you went from Ireland, you'd have to go. Well, you know, it's long, man. You're talking like 11 hours or whatever to Mexico. And then it's another short flight from there. So it is a trek. Yeah. But like, you know, like as soon as you get out of the, the airport, like you're seeing like lava running down a volcano. And like there's huge poverty issues. A lot of problems yeah. there. Like that's why we donated the money to the shows. Like, there's these guys called the Bomberos over there, which is the firemen. And yeah. the government cut the funding for the fire service. I don't mean the volunteer. I mean the actual fire service yeah. in a country that has more active volcanoes than anywhere else in the world. Like, they, they need firemen. Do you know what I mean? Very important. Like imagine, yeah. imagine, imagine it was Halloween every day. Imagine Halloween in Tala was every yeah, yeah. day in Guatemala. Yeah, and then yeah, suddenly yeah. You, you cut the fire service. Imagine the consequences of yeah, that, the, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't be good for sure. And, like, the, it's really sad, man. The dudes shake their buckets on the road in their gear when you're driving. And mm. for, for like, that, that's, they don't have any money. Do you know what I mean? They're on the, they're beyond, that's like being on the N11 shaking a bucket can you help yeah. us to keep and they they turn up and they go to work every day yeah. w- without getting paid just because it's the right thing to do there's a lot of decency in that country for all the corruption with the government mm. the amount of decency from the people is is absolutely phenomenal i think mm. we could really take a leaf out of their book you know now i've only i've only been on the ships i've been to honduras i've been to roatan uh yeah but i never got a chance to get to guatemala uh i believe we went to costa put, put, rica put, put it on costa rica is great but yeah. guatemala would be my top of the bus recommend mm. Yeah, so you're really getting the kind of Central America experience really yeah. and the real people and, and you'll meet yeah. salt of the earth sort of people. Totally. Yeah. And lunatics from America <laughs> who are on the run with some of the maddest stories you will ever hear in your life. There you go. You get plenty of her- <laughs> yeah, plenty of heroes, heroes yeah. and villains. That's <laughs> yeah. the best way to do <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Now, um, obviously, you, 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 you had a reunion there with Carl. How was that in, in Wexford on the weekend? It was, it, it was emotional. I was great, man. Like, <laughs> I, myself and Carl talk all the time. And then, um, yes, yeah, so we're, we're delighted. It was, it was class, man. It was the first yeah. 
bit of hope and like 120 people all at different uh, picnic tables yeah. lantern events in wexford are like if there was if there was promoters like them in every county in ireland entertainment in ireland would be phenomenal okay. you know what i mean yeah. they're so sound they're so organized they put in so much work to make sure everything is good and cool as well do you know what i mean they're into it like they you know the setup like they like mick i was looking at the pictures of mick flannery and i was going man i cannot wait to get on that stage like it just looks two shipping containers one one was the bar at the end the other one was the stage so well amazingly kitted out with all the lights and gear and everything like that the stage was phenomenal beautiful like deadly marquee and it was on uh, the road like it was in between like the ocean and the road and there was like train track going behind it and even with all like the noise and traffic and all it was an absolute savage gig it's phenomenal uh, yeah so yeah. so, so it, they came they come up with like a, a safe space to to do a gig essentially yeah yeah, yeah. and like you, you can have people outside they only have to be a meter apart outside mm. and uh, like I have a couple of festivals now of my own one at the end of the month in Rings End and um, where we're donating all the money to two local kids charities so we use the government grant so that's going to cover the festival just <laughs> then uh, we were like listen pay it forward you know build a sense of community and then the money's going to uh, it's going to Failacon which um, which is like uh, a prenatal, prenatal kind of death charity deals with some really really difficult stuff and helps a lot of people and then Dublin Autism Equality is another great and i wanted to pick two local small charities not one of the big ones with the ceos on 180 grand a year do you know mm -hmm. what i mean like i, I two that you can actually see that 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 the money will make a difference you yeah. know what i mean yeah it'll go it'll go to the um, right people and, and the right yeah and the cause yeah definitely yeah and i just i just really like that with the gun stuff going ahead i'm like I don't know how they can go. Yeah, it's sound for 40,000 people into a stadium, but having 50 people, like at the gigs that you were at, in mm. a room, socially distanced, checking in, sanitizing, all vaccinated or whatever it may be. I'm like, I, like, and like the, the argument as well of, oh, it's outside. Like, come on. Our, yeah. the, the bars aren't outside. The toilets aren't outside. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. You know, like I just, I just really want them to get live entertainment going and like singing it is like singing and comedy is like now illegal yeah. at the moment, like fucking <laughs> foot loose. Yeah. Like what? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a strange, it is a strange world for especially in our being a comic in Ireland because again, you had to you you for the last couple of months you were in the UK and then you ended mm. up well got stuck in 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 uh, Central America, but you ended up making the best of a bad situation. And you got yeah, a, you've, yeah. Got, you've got a show in 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 the in the, in the, the making. The thing is with Ireland, like the outdoor gigs are brilliant. Mm. But when it comes into September, then like I mean, I've diversified in every way that I possibly can. Like I am all out of diversification <laughs> for my craft. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I, I, you know, we just all want to get back gigging again, and yeah. audiences want to get back and have a night out again, and like. So fingers crossed in September they'll lift it up and let us even do shows to fifty or hundred people or if you're if you have your cert or whatever. Yeah. But like yeah. They, they this they they're just really I feel like it's 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 torture for a lot of people in entertainment a lot of singers it, like it's horrible for them because they've no roadmap they have nothing they're just sitting around and yeah. you know being told to re, re retrain and upscale like what what like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 years as a musician and you want them to just change their job come mm, on yeah now you you um what day what dates uh is the festival going on from your rings, rings end festival rings end is 27th and 28th of august okay and then the week before that there's another one that's really close locally as well which is called fiestival 
okay, which is yeah. run by Shell Holden. She used to run the World Street Performance Championships, and that, that was brilliantly organized. Though myself yeah. and Damo are actually hosting all the shows at that. Okay, but they've got like circus, magic, mm. comedy, cabaret, be deadly. Yeah. So that'll be great to do the week before Rings End because it'll get us into the into the flow, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, uh, and then Rings End, we've got you know, like Enya Martin, Emma Dorn, we've got Carl Spain, and uh, myself, Damo, Jack Wise. We've got kids shows during the day. All of the the evening shows have sold out already. That's great. Which is brilliant. They're all gone. Yeah. They're done. So now we're just doing. Um, we've just got a few family shows left, and I'm I'm, re- I'm really excited to do it. It's been a, an insane amount of work that I won't bore you with the details, but. <laughs> I, I won't like I, I I'm I'm taking a little break in September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Guatemala could be could be on the radar. I don't know. Like much much as flights cost you the first time you went to Costa Rica, much like you're talking about five hundred euro, six hundred euro. Yeah, you'd probably get you'd probably get over and back if you book them. Here's a top tip to anyone listening. Okay, go. When you're booking flights anywhere in the world, okay, which I'm always mm. doing all the time, whatever the date is, exactly five weeks prior to your leaving date is the cheapest time to buy a ticket for that flight. Okay. Five weeks, right yeah. back. So work backwards five weeks. That's when tickets are at their lowest because they'll always go up after that or whatever. You know, they'll never, yeah. they never really will go down. Mm. And then like use your, you know, use the apps, use Skyscanner to use whatever. But yeah, like, I mean, you'll, you'll get over and back. You'll get over and back for under a gram, no problem. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, and look like, man, the cost of hotels and stuff in Ireland, like I'd be happy to just work through and you know wait and then go somewhere like that like you know what i mean and like i know yeah. like like i just can't get over people like center parks and stuff like costing people five grand to go to longford for a week i'm yeah. like man jesus i know we've always give us, oh, yeah give us a bit of a break give us some <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. surely the government could subsidize something like give us you know not 20 percent off or something Mm. we've always priced ourselves a price ourselves out of market because we're in Ireland so it just feels like everything should be we're, we're, it's yeah, hotels in Wexford like for 200 quid at the weekend and I'm just there going are you taking the piss yeah. and I know everyone's got to make money and all that stuff as well but like come on I want to I want you to briefly talk about your time in the UK because yeah. they're at a stage where we want to be so what, what was it like yeah. the gig? I know you were in my, well, my adopted home for three years of my life, Edinburgh. What was it like? Yeah, to, well, that's, that's where I was first. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I, did the first I did the first gigs in Edinburgh. I, I literally, the second week in Monkey Barrel. Yeah. So I did a whole weekend of gigs there, and it was 28 people socially distanced. And mm. they were really professional, man. They had the QR codes on the thing, so there was no going to the bar. You scanned your drinks. They brought the drinks to you. So you can continually scan your drinks throughout the gig. And that's something that I think is really going to change comedy clubs going forward. It's a great idea. You know what I mean? Save the, you know, people getting up to the bar and wrecking the show and, you know, give them a break to go to the toilet or whatever. But if you can just scan on the app and get your drinks brought to you, happy oh, yeah. days. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's, that's a great idea because then you're, you're not disturbing. You're right. Exactly. Well, it gives the comedian less opportunity to pick on you. You know, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know, you know, you know, they, you, or, give, or just they scan, you know, scan your drinks on the break, scan your drinks yeah. before the show, order yeah. them. Yeah. Scan your drinks on the break, order them, and then you're done. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Um. It it was cool. It was weird, but I was just so glad to be back gigging. Like it, it wasn't the same as it was. Obviously, you know, 28 people in a big room, spread out. It's awkward, but the crack was there, and like, I I loved it, man. And then I I was down in London, and then I did some previews there, and then I did another preview, and uh, I actually did a preview the day after the Euros. 
uh, final. And yeah. man, I, I walked into London and I was like, oh my God, it was just like a sea of like horse shit and cocaine written, washed out in the rain from the night before. It they looked did like a, madness. Oh, yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. And, uh, you know, uh, a real, you know, I, I feel bad for, for, for a lot of English people because that, is really ugly, ugly behavior from that one percent. It was, it was, it was disgusting to be yeah. honest with you. And I have a few friends who were at the game, and there was like lads coming in, and when they scored the goal, like two rows got knocked forward, taking people out of it. There was lads coming in, like passing out after spending eight hundred quid a ticket. And Mental. Carl yeah. Spain actually was doing material. This did happen though. Uh, he was at the Euro final, and there was English lads walking past. And one guy was going. To an Italian fans over a massive pile of horse shit. He was going, We're gonna shit on you, you know, tonight, da da da. And then he fell back into the pile of horse shit. Oh, man. Right. And then yeah. like had like a massive pile. And I just like I saw so much even when I was in Edinburgh, actually, uh some of the other the the, the semi-finals and stuff were on. There was a bad vibe up there, like it just yeah, it was hostile. I've never seen that kind of hostility, like there was a load of Scottish youngfellas like just going around looking for a row with English lads. I was like, lads, uh, you not just be glad to be part of something. Ireland exactly. didn't even qualify. Yeah, we would have we, we would have reveled in it, you know, because we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're a crack. Enjoy you know? it, man. Like, yeah. why go? What are you going to do? Go kick someone's head in and then what? You have a criminal record for the rest of your life. Like, mm. well done. Why can't yeah. you just enjoy it and have the crack? Yeah, no, I, it, it did bring out the underbelly, you know, like the, the combat 16, kind of like the, 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 the yeah. hardcore, you know, lager loud kind of. They, they are, they are a minority though, you know, yeah, for the most I part, so. like, yeah. you know, the Brits are sound man and they just want to get on with it. Like I'm always slagging the English, like when I'm gigging over there, when I'm <laughs> yeah. here, but you know, on, honestly though, like, you know, it, it is a really, really small minority that unfortunately is like making the whole country look look shit, you know? Yeah, the media will focus on that. They'll always focus on the negative because it sells, you know, if someone does yeah. some, like, so I've seen videos going viral with lads getting knocked out clean. I was like, oh yeah. my goodness, like, awful, you know, awful. and most of the fans were, were having a good time, but the media will focus on the negative because it'll bring a story yeah. and make people go, ooh, English fans? Exactly, man. Bad? Click, 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 yeah. crap, you know? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Anyway, Danny, it was awesome to talk to you. It really was. It was great to cut up to you again. I know you're a busy man. Um, no I, worries. I try to get along to one of the gigs. Uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah, come, come, come down to Ring Zen Festival. You're, you're more than welcome. And um, festival, I know, is completely sold out. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll always find a ticket for you down in Ring Zen. Oh, so you're you know, nice. <laughs> Me and plus one would say, I uh, no, no, I'd love to go. I want to see you again. I'll definitely, I definitely, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out like. Uh, there's a, there's a great, there's a great, thing. great community in Ring Zen, mm-hmm. and it's this. That festival is very much a festival by the people for the people. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a local yeah. community effort, and um, I'm I, I'm really proud of it. Like I, you know, it's it's a real finish of this whole year. It's yeah. great to do something that has like comics involved, local community involved, supporting local charities, and you know we're getting support from the local community as well. I think it's a deadly way to finish, and kind of a thanks to the community, you know. And before we go, yeah, a few days ago. You posted a picture from the former Lord Mayor of Dublin. You got some. Oh yeah. What was that? What was that about? What was that about? I got. I, I, I got. No, I got nominated for for some award and okay. sent me like a cert because I was oh, nominated okay. for. I got yeah, a voucher yeah. as well. I think for like a hundred quid. For oh, I actually yeah. remember that. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I got five pair runners or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I think it was one of my friends uh, put me put me forward, and then mm. I I didn't know about it because I, I came home, and then I thought it was genuinely thought my motorbike insurance was out. Yeah, I was like, I was like, well, I paid that over the phone. 
was like ripping open the big envelope. I was like, this is bullshit. And then I opened it, I was like, oh, Deffy. Uh, but yeah, that listen, it, it was cool to get, man. And like, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of negativity and it's been tough for everyone over the last while. Yeah. So any bit of positivity, anything that comes your way, I'm always absolutely delighted by it. And uh, like, you know, even my, I went back to the gym, the, the guy who owns my gym is an absolute legend. And I was like, listen, can you sign me back up? I need to get back into it. I've been on the road for the last few months. And he, he said, uh, he said this month's on me. Oh, and he's uh, it's so sound, man. And yeah. like, you know, I, I never expect anything from anyone. And, uh, but I really appreciate him. People are sound like that. Cause he's gone through exact same as me, mm. you know, self-employed business was wiped out. Yeah. There you go. You're on the pup. So, um, I think, you know, for all the negativity and stuff, I, I've met a hell of a lot of really, really good people through this pandemic who'll be friends till the day I die. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's what that's the good that I'm taking out of this is that I've met a load of sound people that I never would have met had this all not happened. So I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that, you know. No, that, that's brilliant, Danny. You know, you, you're, always, you're always just gra- gra- grafting and grinding away and um, more power to you because you just have such heart as well. You just keep, you keep working hard and you'll get there and also the harder, uh, the harder you work the luckier you get you know that's it yeah 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 exactly <laughs> if you don't put yourself out there for sure again so uh, if i can uh, if i can get a chance to pop over to the festival i will um, Man, shoot me a message yeah. any show you want to come to bring whoever you want and uh, don't worry about tickets just tell me whichever one you're coming into and i'll be there anyway Lovely. All right, Daniel. I know Bye you're busy, on. man. Uh, take it easy, and I'll talk to you. Nice soon. to shame. Take right. care, man. Thanks, Thanks dude. See Bye. 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 See you. See you. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Daniel Bryan. Uh, what? He's such a sound guy. Uh, again, he came back on for another chat because he invited me along after we had a chat uh, during my Edinburgh Fringe Festival series, what I called it at the time, and he he happily accepted another uh, invitation to come on for a chat and just catch up a year on. And he's done a lot. As you see, he's he's travelled a bit getting back to gigging in the UK and then hopefully more in Ireland and he's got festivals on the way and he's always got something going on as he said he's diversifying his portfolio and his work and his business and once again I hope you enjoyed this episode that was Daniel Bryan Irish comedian my name is Shane this is this podcast called Heartlines and remember if you enjoyed yourselves let, let a friend know share with a friend it's a lovely conversation I enjoyed it hope you enjoyed it remember you're always welcome here in Heartlines take it easy and 